And we're rolling. Uh, welcome to another episode of The Sidelines. My name is Courts. I'm here with my faithful, loyal uh, co-pilot, Az. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. What about you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm just cruising along. Victoria is back in lockdown, hectic lockdown again, so I'm trying to just block out all the COVID nonsense. COVID's back. It is back. <laughs> it's like a really back. good sequel. Yeah. But badly done. Yeah. Well, it's like The Empire Strikes Back. It's just got a darker undertone than the first movie. Yeah. Wouldn't you say this is almost like a VHS release? <laughs> like, like we got the first big budget on the first one, which was straight to cinema. And this time they just went, nah, not even going to worry about it. We'll go straight to video. Straight. <laughs> yeah. Daytime movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, that'll be the third phase. Third yeah. phase is lunchtime movie. <laughs> so what have you been up to then, mate? Um, look, a little bit of everything. Mm. Had a, I mean, I say everything, but let's be fair. It's nothing. Um, but you may as well like walk your own game. Um, but look, had a busy couple of days, probably coming to grips with a few things which happened when I started watching a new television show. Um, and look, I'll premise, like you are aware of my unique ability to not watch TV shows where I have a very fleeting uh, attention span of probably not quite an episode and that's it. I'm I'm done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter what it is. It's sort of, yeah, historically one episode. Or even then I might just read a synopsis and then I feel pretty good about it. Um, but I've fallen trapped to watching um, Yellowstone. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that, um, as a common theme with me, is just love Kevin Costner. Just love manly men doing man stuff. Yeah. And I'm not all, look, to be fair, again, I'm not even all the way through the first episode. It's quite a long, it's quite a long oh, so, episode. So you've fallen in love and you haven't even finished first episode yet. No, I'm oh. like I'm like 35 minutes in. But oh, look, the the show itself is neither here nor there at the moment. Um, but it did send me down on a dark path where I was watching Kevin Costner in like cool like suede jackets and cowboy hats and boots and flare jeans. And I don't know about you, but I had that moment where I was like. I could pull this off. <laughs> I've, if I wanted to, I can do this. Um, knowing full well that I don't do anything that is remotely... Uh, Manly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or semi-outdoory or, you know, I'm not wrangling any wild stallions or uh, anything along those lines. There is no rope skills to you know, getting the cattle or any cool whistle. I mean, I can whistle, but that's about it. But mm. so, I mean, since then you do what everyone does, which is go Googling like a Cobra's cowboy hats, jackets, and then you have to watch for the next five days that your Instagram feed is full of ads for a Cobra's and RM Williams, which I do have, but again, not really doing anything worthwhile on them other than, you know, dodging puddles in Melbourne yeah. because I don't want them to get dirty. <laughs> Well, yeah, and that's the problem, right? We're betas in a world just yearning for a little bit of alpha, just seeking it out. Yeah, so I mean, I even start looking at Utes again. So here, it's it's been it's been a dark rabbit hole for me the last five days of coming to terms with the fact that if I got all this man stuff, would I in fact be a man? So I guess my question to you is: When was the last time you really fell down that rabbit trap of can you pull it off? And also, can I pull that off? Have I got this look? Yeah. I I mean, what's hilarious is I could also say Yellowstone too. And for those that don't know, Yellowstone is like, I could surmise it by being, it's a modern day Western, but it's almost like the Sopranos. So there's like a real exploration of a family. They're a little shady. I don't want to give too much away. They've got a lot of power. It's all about their dynamic in the world. Are they shady? A little bit shady. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't pick up on that? I'm 32 minutes into the first episode. Well, okay. <laughs> but I would say exactly the same thing. I watched that show. I'm on realestate.com looking at large plots of land outside the CBD going, I could do this. Livestock, eh, it doesn't look that hard. You just shove them in the fence and let them roam. So right. you also done that thing on real estate where you didn't pick house, apartment, you picked ranch? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I did all because I'm not quite <laughs> sure what the official terminology is. I didn't know how to go into real estate and go Kevin Costner style house from Yellowstone, budget 150 to 250. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start small. 
Um, yeah, Yellowstone. But I think before that, it's probably uh, every time I watch a movie where someone rises from nothing to become something. So I can't really be too specific, but like I'm a sucker for that. Like as a kid watching Star Wars and Luke, I see him as just this sort of generic nerd living in the desert. No transferable skills to the combat industry and yet ends up being... What are you talking about? He was shooting down swamp rats in his T-19. <laughs> yeah, no one knows what the <laughs> fuck that meant. But I get. Yeah. <laughs> but as a viewer, I'm sitting there going, literally in the space of like 48 hours... He was doing his thing. You know what I mean? Um, but I tell you my ultimate guilty pleasure, every time I watch a fighting movie, Warrior, oh, Southpaw, Rocky, I always convince myself with a little bit of training and dedication, I could knock motherfuckers out. How much training do you think? Because like, I think the same thing. You always watch, like, especially boxing movies, but yeah. I mean, because they're always well done. There's sort of not really many other... Sporting movies. I mean, there's a few, but not many that consistently have that great montage of, oh, I'm going to train really hard for a period of time and I'm just going to be better because yeah. I'm working hard. Um, yeah. How long do you think you'd need? Well, clearly, though, you haven't seen Kevin Smith and Here Comes the Boom, which is about a teacher that decides to do cage fighting for money. There's I think a- I saw the end of it. Is Henry Winkler in that? <laughs> he is. He ends up being his coach slash inspiration for him to become a cage fighter. I've got questions about this film. <laughs> well, <laughs> but again, I watch it and I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it. Um, but yeah, all that ends up happening is I convince myself that I've got hand speed, which I don't. I convince myself that I've got knockout power, which I don't. I start to have that narrative with myself where you're like, I know it's there. It's just <laughs> like it hasn't been let out yet. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing special about them. Uh, I've had moments where I, I've got a bit of snap to this left. But, you know, inevitably I slip coming in, bringing my washing in off the clothesline and hit my hand <laughs> on the on the wall when it's cold and my knuckles ache. I'm like, and then you've got to spend the afternoon going, my career is over. Yeah. No one's going to believe how it ended like this. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that's my time. I think you could do it. I, I don't know. I'd love to, like, it'd be very interesting if someone just said to you, we'll give you 12 months. I can't. Would it be twelve months? Two years? Yeah, but you know what I think ends up happening. You then look like those. I don't want to blame a nationality or a race, but you look like those people that roll up on a golf course and have all the gear. They go on holiday, and their photography equipment is stacked. They go play tennis, and all their gear is stacked. I think I'll just end up looking like that, like a parody. I'd be in head to toe Everlast. That I got on like discount sale online at a sporting goods store. Everlast shoes, socks, shorts, top. Snap pants? Yeah. Oh, that'd make it all worthwhile. And yeah, it doesn't look like a parody. Even a fighter if you don't have snap pants or a basketballer. Why'd they get rid of those? Well, <laughs> well I think it was ultimately like. Everything a man does leads to just trying to procure female attention or male attention if you're that way inclined. I think snap pants are kind of like the ultimate, uh, how do you say, dry spell creator <laughs> in the opposite or same sex, depending on what you're inclined. Looks like I've got to hand in 12 pairs of snap pants then. <laughs> but I think the issue is you could do 12 months of training and still convince yourself you've got it and then you can't prepare for taking a punch. That's a downfall. Yeah, that shit still hurts. That's where that beta male that you've tried to suppress comes out. Mm. So the dream's over. Effectively before it began. So I'm not being Kevin Costner. No. No. (laughs) Oh, dear. So what else has been happening then besides whimsical thoughts of purchasing a ute? Which we'll get back to why you wanted to, why somehow a ute. I could be a ute guy. <sighs> that's manual I labor. I grew up in the country. I did country stuff. Yeah, but that's manual labor type cars. Look, I know I've got no... I know I've, I've seen your hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I know, I know there's not a lot in this. I, to be honest, I just thought it'd be handy having a dual cab to fit my golf clubs in the back. Yes or no question? 
Could your hands in their current state be in a moisturizer commercial? I haven't seen a moisturizer commercial recently, so I don't know what they're looking for. You're dodging the question. <laughs> if, okay, if, say I'm a talent agent. I, walked up here, I walk up to you in the streets and go, I'm going to give you two grand if you wouldn't mind just coming and using your hands and just sort of running them under a sink and then applying a cream. Are you happy to do that? Am I Costanza? Am I the one? Similar. Yeah. Look, I wouldn't say I'm Costanza levels, but I think I'd probably... So, look, you'd, so the, you'd say yes. Look, there's no, yeah. All so right. then you immediately don't have concerns that they're not that they're manual labor hands. I chew my nails a lot. Does that count? If your first response wasn't, no, nah, look at these hands. They couldn't be in a commercial <laughs> like that. Yeah, A, you got non-manual labor hands and B, you're not a ute guy. This is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you watch TV shows you get sold in. Mm-hmm. What about movies? Uh, sometimes, yeah, I mean, the same thing. I mean, you go along the same... I mean, again, sport movies... You're long for the ride. You always. I also think that's a very male thing too, not to stereotype, but it is where, at any moment, I believe that MI6 is watching me, going, "This is our guy. He could be the actual next James Bond." <laughs> like, I'm just four minutes away from that. Like, I'm their guy at any point, at any moment in time, <laughs> and so you know, everything could be a test coming up where. You know, there could be a car crash and they're just waiting to see if I flick my car into sports mode yeah. and get around it and do something cool and I'm completely calm. So I'm expecting that at any time. Yeah, I'm expecting at any time Morpheus to come and tell me that I'm the one, that the <laughs> Matrix was, you know, it was just like testing me. And because I responded so well to the film, I'm a prime candidate. Yeah. This also goes with like, you know, if you still, you know, kick the footy around or have a basketball and you get like three in a row, there's that look over the shoulder where you're just like, I know that scout is driving. He's just cutting laps. He's yeah. just looking for me. I could be the next guy. <laughs> yeah, well, didn't you used to do that as a kid? Like if you're playing basketball in the driveway and a car's coming, you'd go real hard, like trying to show your skills off just in case like Phil Jackson was in the car. I mean, in my country town, there was a solid... One car a day, so <laughs> you really had to be prepared for it. <laughs> well, well, it's like now when you go and like shoot hoops and you got to end on a bucket. Have you ever done that? Yeah, spent some additional time on the courts. Yeah, so like I could drop 70 shots practicing if I'm missing, but if I get like three in a row, I'm like, I'm done for the day. It's like the amount of putts that I've missed or shots where you sit and you're like, yeah, oh, this is it, this is for the championship. You know, big fadeaway, nothing but air. Ooh, I hope no one saw that. <laughs> so I'm not even lose. I'm. I don't even get the chance to lose in the real situation. I still lose at home. <laughs> have you ever? Um, have you ever watched like an adventure movie? Like, I mean, we've talked about Indiana Jones. Have you ever watched a movie like that and gone? There's actually nothing that spectacular about the man in terms of skills, charisma. Yeah puts me to shame like i have nothing to offer people in terms of charisma but harrison oozes it but in terms of his skills you know you think you mm. could do it i mean yeah i mean i mean you already raised it i mean the matrix is a great one because neo is just a dude and then he's just his ability to sit in a chair and get computer programs loaded into his brain to make him really good well how much was that character like how much were they looking into the future of like today's generation? They don't want to learn and train Kung Fu. They want to be able to download it into their head with a chip. They're fortune tellers. I want that shit now. <laughs> like he, he needed the instant gratification of learning the yeah. skill. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want any of this 10,000 hours shit. No. He just wanted it now. Uh, and he wasn't satisfied with that once he'd made the first purchase. Oh, I need the next purchase. No, I think I think I could pull that off, but that is very cheaty. That's a very cheaty one because, you know, compared to things like Indiana, where he's inst- like the second he starts, he's already a weapon. You're like, this dude's got some, this guy's got some things going on. But do you think if I said to you, right, there is a gold statue in a cave, in a Latin American country, I'm going to show you where it is. There are going to be obstacles in your path, both in terms of the natives booby traps, etc. You have twelve months to prepare. Would you take on that challenge? Side question. 
Yeah. Do I get my own theme song made by John Williams? No, because we don't have the budget for John Williams. <laughs> but you do get royalty-free music that you can download. I think it's like twenty nine ninety five to, you know, license out like a generic clip of a website. Oh, I'll take that. Mm, you- I think I reckon you'd be able to. I mean, if you told me I had twelve months to learn a whole bunch about some area, I mean, you're reading a lot about some traps. Do I get any guides, or is it just me? Just you. Surely one guy. No, you don't get like a short round. <laughs> what <are> you- <laughs> Temple of Doom. <laughs> I need one guy. No. Indy always had one dude. He had the first dude. Where with the boulder because he sits there like rubbing his hands together. Yeah, and he's his going to betrayed him. Yeah, well, it didn't end well for him. And then he's got a short round. <laughs> I'll be your mate that betrays you right as you're about to get <laughs> the treasure. Then how about that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I could do it, but that's why Indy worked right because if you go back and watch some of his fight scenes, he's not really doing anything spectacular. It's generally just him throwing haymakers and getting the crap kicked out of him himself. Oh, he gets lucky. Yeah, he's just more resilient. Mm. Again, alpha gene, baby. No, I reckon I could do it. (laughs) My next question then, seeing as we're already talking about Indiana Jones. Yep. I know you watched it recently. Yep. Your most iconic moment from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Do you want my like nerdy cinematic moment? Yes. We'll do that. It'll come naturally. So <laughs> let it out. All right. It starts at uh, film segment zero one second. It ends at two hours and 13. <laughs> uh, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> it is flawless. Um, oh, look, to be honest, I love that bit. The map room scene, I think, is one of the most underrated scenes. Because the first time that you really like... Like, there's the whole boulder thing, and that's awesome, and he runs away, and hmm. music's building. But then, you know, he's put in all the work. Like, you know, he's he nearly had a montage, really. He, hmm. he went out, um, figured out, like, all the math. Um, yeah. He spent, like, half an hour, 45 minutes of film time learning how to find this friggin' staff. Yeah. But it's very, very cool how they did that scene with the light and how he gets out of it. And then that's probably seconded by... When they're digging in the different spot compared to uh, the other guy, and there's a cool scene where him and all the diggers are just there slaving away, and you're like, "Yeah, this is just shit's happening here." That's it. They're they're two like I think they're my two favorite scenes in it, but they're probably not the most iconic. But they're just really cool. Yeah, they're iconic in the sense that they've been knocked off five thousand times since, right? Yeah, that's where they're iconic, like. National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. Oh, they're making a new one. <laughs> Nicolas Cage clearly got them tax bills coming. Sign me up. They were good. Oh, my gosh. What about you? What are, what are your thoughts on that one? So my my iconic scenes in that movie are all these kind of like little mini things that people still remember, but they're probably not as significant. My favorite scene is still the one where he's in the marketplace and the sort of bad guy comes out with the swords and starts like swinging them in the air, waving them around. And Indy just pulls out the handgun and just pops around at him and just kills him. Like I think the sneaky, um, the sneaky comedy in Indiana, what makes it work? Yeah, like, and that that was like that Harrison Han Solo vibe, that vibe of oh fuck this. But then later on, I discovered an amazing story about that scene. So they actually had a stunt guy all trained up and they were going to do this big, long sword battle scene that Indy and this guy were going to have a sword fight. But Harrison Ford had the runs. And so they were trying to blow through shooting for the day like <laughs> to get him off set quick because he was cooked in the sun and just struggled down trying to keep all of his merchandise in the shop if you catch my drift. And so that was kind of like a spontaneous, oh, fuck it, I could just shoot him and get the scene over and done with. So it was a total accident that that came about. Oh, it works brilliantly. My other favourite scene is Marion drinking against the guys in Nepal, in the bar. That I just love that scene to bits. I can't think of an, 
I can, if I put my mind to it, I could think of other scenes, but just where a character's like opening scene, I instantly fell in love with her. I was like, <laughs> oh, I love you, but I could never date you because you would embarrass me and threaten my masculinity. But damn, what a scene. Didn't they, they stole that in a Bond movie? <sighs> they did. I just can't and remember they, um, which Bond movie. Because got, they, got, they do it, but they add scorpions. That's right. Which, I mean, elevates the tension a little bit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, that in the end where the crate gets put in the warehouse and there's the kind of Area 51 reference. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That feeds my conspiracy theorist brain. Like where you finish the movie and go, oh. How much other stuff they got in there? But there's a warehouse with all this stuff in there, like Trump's wigs. I was going to say, and Trump knows about this. Yeah, Yeah. Trump, he probably keeps his wigs in a crate there. (laughs) Yeah. So, first and foremost, we do talk about sports. Again, it's been like there's been big things happening in sports, but not massive. But I did. There was a classic story of sports that's happened on the weekend. Yeah, so I missed this one actually. Yeah, um, which is great because I'm all over it. Yeah, Courtney is taking me on the journey because I, <laughs> I wasn't paying enough attention this week. So Steel Sidebottom and Lyndon Dunn of Collingwood Magpies fame have been busted for breaching COVID protocols in Victoria. On the surface, yeah, yeah, whatever. Oh, that's no good, idiots. But then. The, story, the plot thickened when Victoria Police, you know, they do their sort of general comms, which is like a gentleman, 29 years of age, was apprehended, blah, 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 returned home, this, that, the other. What's really happened is at 7.30 in the morning, on Sunday morning, the cops have found steel side bottom half naked in Williamstown in the west of Melbourne, just cooked, returned him home. So he's been busted in that sense. Then he's been busted because they visited Daniel Wells' house, former Collingwood player, who's not in their bubble, blah, blah, blah. So that's where they've breached the protocols. Oh, not not approved or something like that. Yeah, not approved. But then it's gone even deeper when Bucks has done his press conference media stuff today and he's almost retelling the story like a lad back in his bro-up who's been busted like cheating on a girl or... You know, like having a car accident and like some illegal like snakes falling out the boot. You know, like kind of the way dudes just do ludicrous things to defend another dude. So he's coming out today saying stuff like, oh, yeah, look. So, I mean, it got a little out of hand when they went to Daniel Wells' house. I think things just kind of like launched from there and got like they escalated. (laughs) Are you saying they launched and went to Daniel Wells' house and have just gone, let's just send it? Then he's made it worse by going... Yeah, like he hasn't really been drinking much in the last few months. So I think just having a bit of extra sauce just really like got to him. And I'm sitting there going, he's defending him like a lad. Like you're making it worse. Oh, yeah. You can't be going down that path. I mean, like, but even then, like for the most part, a lot of the AFL players and that, they, like they're on no, no alcohol effectively for the year, aren't they? Yeah, well, this is the other thing that's confusing because then he's saying, oh, yeah, they were originally at Jeremy Howe's place and were having drinks with him. So Jeremy Howe's done his knee. Yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. And so they've obviously gone to the house to have... Commiserations. Commiserations. Got on the cans. And then somewhere along the line, they've left Howe's house and decided let's go to Wells' house to kick on. It's It's just bizarro town. Um, there's so, no yeah. way this season finishes out. It's becoming the such a parody. But then now the net result is he's copped a four week ban for breaching the protocols. Because then Bucks in the presser was trying to do the whole, oh, like Charlie Spargo from Melbourne. You know, I mean, he got a week or two for what he did. So th- that seems fitting. I'm like, he said this literally after saying we found him half nude when he got arrested by the cops on Sunday morning. So they haven't done any sort of in-house, they're not going to do an in-house club sanction, which they normally do. I'm not aware of it, but I'd say the AFL's taking care of it in do you that think, sense. Do you think they watched The Last Dance, the end of the doco that night, and they thought they were Rodman? <laughs> <laughs> He's just, yeah, Steele's gone to Bucks after the game and oh, just gone, I need 48 hours. I need 48 hours. It's like, what for? 
You'll know where to find me. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'll be back. And meanwhile, Pendles is sitting there going, he ain't going to be back for 48 hours. <laughs> I'm not going to get him. You better go get him. Yeah, 7.30 a.m., just, you know, Dugowie. Oh, no, Dugowie would be somewhere else, yeah. half naked on the gas. But all the geeks at Collingwood just out looking for him Sunday morning, trying to drag him back to the Holden Centre or Lexus Centre. I don't even know what it is anymore. Car Centre. No, nah, it's Lexus. Lexus Centre. But yeah, and then, you know, the Ferris wheel continues with our old mates down at Tigerland who are now coming out saying, some of us might not really feel comfortable going into the hub, so, you know, we might not want to do that because, you know, leaving our families would be really tough. So, you know, that's something we have to consider. Like, you're literally saying this after half the other competition have been in hubs and travelling and doing all of this shit, so... They don't want to travel at the best of times anyway. <laughs> Every single season they don't travel... Now they have to actually travel and it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's, they don't really rich, like, they sort of don't really paint themselves in a great light at the moment. Yeah. And look, I mean, you, we're probably biased. Yeah. But at the same time, fuck that. I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm harder. fucking biased. Yeah. You guys have a problem with it? <laughs> Email me. Come and shut down my in-house out of the backyard podcast. Bring it. But yeah, like, it's. It's it's almost like a very they're not very relatable and like they've never been AFL footballers and sports stars aren't relatable. Well, let's be honest, they're not. They live a, they live a realm of a world that none of the regular folk do. Yeah, um, and that's just how it is. But this sort of stuff's just like it really shows like a separate. You know, oh, you know, it's difficult. It's like, well, what if you're a, a tradie who has to work away or. You're you're flying fly out worker like you know you've made a decision that's part of it. It's just like oh no I don't want to do that anymore but I'd still kind of want to get paid a shitload of money. Yeah, and it's sort of yeah I don't know I think they've got a concern where maybe they just go a bit too far and people go well not really that into how how you guys act. Well, imagine coming into a national competition and having a lens of why do I have to travel? Yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> 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 like, like really that's the polite politically correct way of saying it yeah it's, i mean it's just classic richmond yeah for those that aren't familiar with australian vernacular you can look this up but it's just flog like yeah it is super flog like do you reckon do you reckon they've got this other little thing too they're like if we get this season cancelled we'll be like by proxy we're going back to back <laughs> they're they're double prim like they hold the premiership for another year yeah, it'll be some warp thing like that or hoping that if they whinge enough, they won't have to travel at all and every other team's just getting so fucked around by the admin. But, like, you can see I, you can see West Coast, for example. They're not going well. They're struggling with it. The rhythm, right? Like, everything's rhythm for an athlete. Their rhythm is clearly just way out of kilt and they yeah. can't claw it back. I mean, some teams are going to adapt well to a hub and, you know, embrace it and whatnot and... Really enjoy it, but some aren't. And, you know, once the ship's sort of moving in a direction like that, like I said, you know, we're, we're curious to see how the NBA sort of hub goes. Yeah. Because that's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Well, that's like, it's like a school camp hub. Mm. Pack your shit. Be at the <laughs> bus at 6 a.m. We're, we're going to Orlando. Oh, they're going to have, it's just going to be cool. <laughs> well, <laughs> as I, I was talking to you about this before we started recording. For again, for people that don't know, for like a month when they get there, they're on lockdown. Like you are there with your team, no one else. So everything is banned. So, you know, you're a professional athlete in the States who isn't married, maybe for some who are married. <laughs> your nighttime routines probably involve the company of Half of the suburb. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Stephen A. Smith from ESPN said it best. He's like, why do you think all these homeboys and cats wanted the quarantine hub in Vegas, not Orlando? <laughs> like, it's true. And now I'm sitting there going, man, Orlando is going to become the biggest dick pic capital. Like, it's going to be like a COVID outbreak hotspot. With just the amount of dick pics flying out of Orlando through digital devices is going to be off the chain. Yeah, 
It's going to be intense. <laughs> you could just sit out the front cordo with your little Wi-Fi repeater. Just You can get the one Wi-Fi modem and just sit there and get it all. <laughs> just leak it all. Just go blackmail mode on it all. How do you, like, I find the whole bubble thing a super interesting concept. Like, because it's, like, that's next tier athletes. But you can just imagine some of the different requests coming through. Like, I haven't read much about it. But you, you're sitting there going, like, now every player will be needing a 75-inch TV in three rooms. Yeah. There's, like, personal chefs, all kinds of stuff that they demanded. Well, required. And now J.R. Smith's there. Which is so good. Oh, if he's not wearing a GoPro, I quit NBA. <laughs> but imagine, like, and then they've got a hotline. We've talked about the hotline <laughs> where you can call in and like dob people in that breach the COVID rules. I, um, the thing I find crazy about it all too is yeah you're effectively taking like basically the most high profile athletes on the planet and shoving them into sort of like an army style barracks <laughs> um, and again it just becomes so much like the AFL where the necessity or desire to pay the bills has overruled the integrity of the competition mm. what's your like what's your do you think What's more likely to finish? I think the NBA season will finish. They will make that work. If they're dragging corpses of teams into the finals, they'll do it. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose once they start it, they'll be too afraid to pull the pin on it. But I look at the US, right? Like the US with COVID is just... that's like they've given up. Because mm. I don't even think... I think the AFL's no chance. Like... Well, Every other, well, a lot of countries have basically COVID's climbed and then it's dropped off. So it just looks like a sort of a cliff drop. Theirs is now looking like a skateboard, like half pipe, <laughs> where like it dropped down <laughs> and now it's come back up again. Like they got on like Tony Hawk's skate park mode on their COVID chart. Like, has that got anything to do with the fact that Tony Hawk is getting remastered and coming out in August? I did shamelessly drop it in, hoping you would catch on to that. Oh, I was aware. I'm very excited about that. Again, one of the most underrated sports games of all time. I don't think it's underrated. I think it's aptly rated. Yeah, maybe as a sports game, as a cultural phenomenon, all there. Again, side note, it did give me belief that I could skateboard. Yes. I definitely can't. <laughs> that and Jackass. I mean, they all came along kind of in the same era, right? Like, I think they each fed each other. Like, I remember playing as Bam Margera on Tony Hawk. Yeah, it really wrecked my world when I thought doing like a 900 or a Jesus Christ or like a kickflip pop shove it into something else was like quite easy. But for me, standing on a skateboard was difficult. Oh, I mean, I blame it for my choice in wearing Globe and Etnies shoes for however many years with jeans and thinking that and then being sort of confused why young girls had zero interest in even knowing my name. I still have that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all went through that phase of like, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm still invisible. <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe I should stop wearing globes then. Yeah, apologies to my girlfriend, but I think you've settled. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, look, I, I don't know what's going to happen with sport. It all just feels so bizarre. I mean, I think the thing that's going to be even more bizarre for the basketball is no crowd. I mean, like the sound. We think the AFL ambience is bad at the moment. They're running on grass. You're going to hear dudes huffing and puffing and sweating and clomping on floorboards. Mm. It's going to... Are they going to have tunes? I haven't really talked about it, have they? Well, I hope so. You could just go like full and one mixtape styles on it and just have like have a DJ on the sidelines. Do you think 2K are really lobbying to do the soundtrack? Because you could just straight feed in their, um, <laughs> their last 10 years of, of tunes. Yeah. I'm sure that Reasel, Weasel Ronnie 2K or whatever his fucking handle is, he'd be in there somewhere hustling to get a piece of it. That's a great soundtrack, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, Cordo, I was watching you know, some more movies on the weekend, as is the way. And was watching it with some of my friends. And 
ran into one of the old time tropes, which again drives me insane. But I'd seen the movie, so I know what's going on. I, I am I'm the burden of knowledge is with me. But watching with someone who hasn't seen it and for the entire film you are asked, What's he doing? Why is he doing that? Or the old trick maneuver where someone's di- someone dies. And they're like, did they really die? There's no way they died. And you've got to sit there and go, oh, no, no, he's definitely dead. So either way, you're screwed because it really comes down to how good of a liar you are. But also, the fact that the person watching the film with you thinks that you wrote the film, like that's, sorry, that's the other one where if you're watching a new film, you didn't produce or write this film, but they're asking you like, did they die? It's like, I don't know. I have the exact same information you do at this point of time. I don't have anything else. Nothing to give you. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. I don't know why they didn't uh, steal this car and not that car. So for me, it's... Because we've only watched a few movies together, but not... We never really sat up and canoodled on the couch because that's just not... <laughs> it's not quite how we roll. Yet. Uh, but are you that guy? I'm like a hybrid. So my girl will be listening to this. She's the one that does the like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I think they're going to die. Or like, mm, I think they're going to get together. Like she does that routine. But where I am similar to what you've described, and I'm a disgrace for this. And look. I studied film back in the day in uni, so I think it's bred a little bit from that. So I'm always searching for, like I instinctively look for ways that they could have done it better or differently. So that's that can be a bit painful sometimes. Like I can't just sit in the moment. But what I do do is I, I talk or get very literal about stuff that's happening in it when it suits me. So my pet hates come out. You know, I watch a movie and the bad guy gets away three or four times. And the person pursuing them is like a CIA agent or a Navy SEAL. And so I'm the one that sits there and goes, as if you're going to point your gun at him, not take the shot when you're in an open space. Also, why are you standing there watching him walk away or get away when there's a whole army behind you? I can see three fucking helicopters in the background. (laughs) Get in the fucking helicopter, fire it up and go after him. He's in a a Hilux in the desert. I'm that one. Yeah, the li- the literal watching, I think that gets a lot of people. I mean, it reminds me of when you watch Austin Powers and, um, I mean, they do it the best. And Dr. Evil, he, um, it's the first one where they got the ill-tempered bass uh, and they and they like, all right, uh, catch a ladder, Dr. Evil, and they close the door and Scott's like, what are you doing? Let's just kill him. He's just like, this, just, this isn't how it's done. Scott, yeah. this is how we do things. And he's like, I'll get my gun and we'll kill him right now. Yeah, I've never understood the bad guys that just keep like the good guy around like food. Like just eat it, get it over and done with. Like I I can't deal with that sometimes. Yeah, the literal stuff's a bit hard. But again, I like and sometimes you can turn I mean, superhero movies like tend to wash over me. You you tend to sort of lose a bit of I think that's real. Yeah. Um it's a bit of a driver's choice to be fair. Um whereas other things, I mean, when I occasionally have to watch rom-coms, which is not very often, like ever. And, I mean, you can pick holes in that. I mean, that's not even Swiss cheese anymore. That's a new hybrid cheese. It's not even cheese. <laughs> it's a ring of cheese with some, like an edge of the cheese. That little red weird layer uh, yeah. on that random cheese. Um, and you're just like, you know, as if, you know, why did that guy do that? Um, or, or there's, you know, there's no way that... You know, there's some stupid movie. Um, I think they had they threw coins into a. Um, she threw a coin into some sort of wishing well, and then if you throw a coin in there, you sort of like are going to be lucky in love. And she steals all these coins, right? Anyway, at some point in the movie, they've got this big tower that's got ramps, not stairs, ramps, and someone drops a coin. And it drops nine stories around this goddamn ramp, around the whole thing, per- like perfectly down the middle of the hallway. I was like, there's no fucking way that happens. It's not even possible that happened. Like, why even create a mechanism in the film 
to move forward the story which is never going to happen ever. But then I'm happy to watch Thor craft an axe from a dying star um, and put it onto the handle which is from a tree dude. And I'm like, yeah, so that's legit. Sign me the fuck up for that. Yeah, no questions asked. Yeah. Uh, so here's something that's coming out of me more and I think it's more to do with Hollywood. Hollywood's incessant need to now go over the top with diversity and casting. I think that's starting to spark my out loud commentary. So the whole, could you have at least cast someone that's not 45 kilos so I can semi-believe that they're able to hold themselves in a fight with the 120 kilo, six foot eight bald guy? That's the stuff that's becoming more prevalent and doing my head in. Or the... Um. Yeah, I'm the chief of this department and I'm sitting there going, fucking 23 years old. There's no way a 23-year-old rose to be the chief of a national intelligence agency department. Like that's the stuff that is bugging me the most at the moment. Yeah, but they're a good-looking actor. <laughs> exactly. You hit the nail on the head. I miss the old days of Hollywood where ugly dudes could have a career. Or, you know, odd-looking ladies. Now everyone's so pristine and plastic. Just like, I want some nuance. Mm. Now everyone's like a Matt Damon or a Julia Roberts. Just generic. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of difference going on. Oh. I mean, Chris Hemsworth is just a more polished Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's yeah. just an upgrade on Arnie. I think the best thing he did for himself, though, was when they did Thor 3. They made him funny again. They let him be Aussie. Yes. They didn't make they were making him American. In Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah, but see that's Taika Waititi's influence, the Kiwi director. Yeah, because I mean at that stage Thor two made twelve dollars fifty. Yeah. In comparison to I mean, they spent probably two billion, so they made two billion and fifteen dollars. <laughs> I mean <laughs> But they needed it for the story, you know, it's how Marvel works. Yeah. But Thor Ragnarok was probably one of the best Marvel movies in ages. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, I mean, suckered me in. They had Led Zeppelin blaring uh, in the trailer and in the film as he's punching dudes with lightning hands. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't take like once you've made the sale, I'm buying. Yeah, but see now again, I'm going back to that point around seeing movies for what they are. You fell for the same sucker tactic that Iron Man got you with when they started using ACDC songs in the soundtrack. Yeah, some of the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> You're blinded to everything that goes... You're blinded to Mickey Rourke's whole character in Iron Man because there's ACDC pumping in the background. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I tell you, where it does work, though, is in sports films. Sports films, I will completely and utterly suspend belief in every way, shape and form. Like, I legitimately watched Mighty Ducks 2 and thought this ragtag little community ice hockey team is definitely representing the US in the Olympics or the Junior Goodwill Games. And I'm not at all questioning that their whole team made the cut and they plucked four or five randoms from the rest of the country. Wait, is that the storyline for two? Yeah, it's totally it's been a long time since I watched two. So one's obviously just... I thought one was a bit of a junior league where they fight Estevez's old coach. Yeah, it's like your classic rags to riches. The team of shitheads... Smart-ass kids, poor, no equipment, no direction, no coaching in the space of two to three weeks becomes, you know... World beaters. Yeah, world beaters, competent. Isn't that because old mate can do the triple D? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> which as someone that played ice hockey is basically just skating with the puck. <laughs> Literally nothing spectacular about that move in any way, shape it's or like form. It's like in the back of my head I just had like... Like a glass plane just shattering, just like, Psh. yeah. Oh, I'm breaking <laughs> dreams of people. Trust me, the triple deke is him literally skating with the puck and moving it from side to side. Um, yeah, so that's the first movie they win the little local championship against the villains. The villains always got to have like a darker uniform, yeah. Um, they're always slightly Aryan too. There's always this like Nazi undertone to the bad team. Yeah, well, effectively yeah. they're Ru- they're Russians, aren't they? <laughs> For the most part, they're the Soviet Union. No, in the first one, they're just like the rich kids from a different neighborhood. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah. She's been a while since I watched my Yeah, podcast. I was kind of, you're showing yourself out here now. Um, but in the second one, their arch enemies are Iceland, 
So it's weird. Like they didn't even do pluck out like a European team that's prevalent in ice hockey. They pluck Iceland. They're world beaters. But they're all these sort of angry Vikings. But the US team is effectively the Mighty Ducks plus four or five randoms from around the country who, again, have one really outstanding attribute but are unpolished diamonds in every other way, shape and form. So saying it's a real... If they were Mighty Ducks fantasy team, yeah, they've got heaps left in the cap. They do have heaps left in the cap. Like yeah. They've really swung for the fences early. <laughs> they've got a lot of value that they know that like... You know, that one dude, he's not getting a lot of points, but he might. He yes. might get He might get six. Yeah. And it was so confusing because the first movie set up Charlie Conway as the captain and the hero. In the second movie, he basically did nothing. and was like reduced to a, a side part character who gives up his spot in the championship game to a Adam Banks, the team jet. So it's like they're just throwing everything out the window. Then you had Ross Tyler, the... The cleat, like, I'm going on about it, but there's so many <laughs> cliches about it that did my head in. Like the weird African-American gang from South Central that happened to play inline hockey. <laughs> and the smart-ass, like, almost like a fat little Eddie Murphy character who has no speed, agility or anything, but has this devastating shot that, again, for anyone that's played hockey would know, you can't do a knuckle puck. It's impossible. Oh, I remember that. Trust me, I spent hours in my driveway trying to do it. You can't do it. Mm. Um, but yeah, he makes a team. Um, and then the third one, they all get a scholarship to some posh US high school college weird thing. And then it's them against the big varsity team. Oh. Again, all with this sort of weird Aryan undertones to <laughs> the bad guys. It's very interesting. It's one of the interesting story arc. Yeah. I feel like I've... I've either unpacked all this hidden depth in the Mighty Ducks trilogy or I've just reached so much and applied <laughs> so much <laughs> conspiracy theory style depth to it. Uh, coming up next on Cordo's Far Reaches. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other sports movies that we can do in future episodes where I'll attach some real monstrous level of depth that really wasn't there, but I'll sell it. Cracker Jack? <laughs> I could attach depth to that. <laughs> More depth than any of the actors in the film attached to their characters. I'm trying to think of some other massive sport. I mean, there's always some good sport movies. I'll take on the challenge of you just throw sports movies at me in coming episodes. and I'll Tin Cup. Haven't seen it. What? Come on, man. It's a golf movie. Like It's Kevin Costner. But once you've seen Happy Gilmore, you're not going to get me to watch another golf movie. It's done. Field of Dreams? Yeah, seen that. That's emotion. Well, that's got depth, yeah. That, like, you, you're not looking for depth in something that's already got depth. Like the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Major League, there's a lot of depth in that. Charlie Sheen, bad boy. I think they hit their straps in Major League too. I think that's really where they get deep. Well, especially where they replaced actors or characters with different actors and expected no one to notice. It's good. Like Omar Epps. <laughs> Became Willie Mays Hayes in the second film. Replacing Wesley Snipes. I love a good I love a good actor replacement that they think that no one's gonna know about. They do it far too often. They I mean they did it in Iron Man. Yeah. What else have they done in recently? Um Batman Begins. Yeah, that was a weird one. But was that... Katie Holmes was with Tom Cruise then, wasn't she? Yeah, I think so. So we can't rule out some bizarro. Katie, remember our contract was you can't do anything where you appear to be taller than I am. <laughs> You're not even in the film. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> About that. <laughs> this goes against everything they teach in Scientology. Of course, a guy in a bad suit doesn't exist. But no, I don't think, like, you always wonder how that sort of works out. You know, is it just like, oh, I'm doing something like scheduling conflict doesn't work and they're just like, fuck it. We just, this film's got to get done. Or they want more money. Like, again, I mean, let's be honest, it's always going to come down to money. Someone's going to say, I want I want more Ks. Yeah, it's that's an interesting one. I'd be keen to explore that because then they replaced it with Maggie Gyllenhaal. So I was like, was the goal to then make her character more irrelevant? Because you succeeded because Maggie Gyllenhaal is... Might as well just got some cardboard. 
Yeah, she doesn't do a lot for me in that role. But then again, maybe that's just because Heath was off the chain with the Joker. Everyone else just irrelevant. Yeah. To be fair, you got a really good. Maybe Katie didn't want to be in the same movie and not be the pivotal side character. Yeah, or maybe she just heard that Jared Leto was going to be the Joker in years to come, and she was just holding out hopes to be a part of that cultural uh, shifting film. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, Jared. Uh, I didn't mind the other bits of the Suicide Squad, though. Yeah, but it must be hard to... You watch Heath Ledger play the Joker and he just sets the the bar into another stratosphere. You're almost... I'm going to say arrogant and delusional because I feel like anyone who's sound of mind, when that script comes across your desk, you go, fuck no, I'm not trying to emulate that. They would just be better off just leaving Joker out of it. Yeah. Just, just don't even... No scene... Like, you don't need to have the Joker in it to have Harley. Yeah, but he does that role. People mock it because he tried to make him like 50 Cent or some sort of, biz- like, it was like Scarface and 50 Cent merged into one person. But that to be fair, all, I mean, he didn't have many options. They had Like, the movie was ridiculous. You, you can't copy Heath. Yeah, but he does that role. Margot dominates in it right as harley it comes out you get panned and bagged out but then people start to go like oh yeah but to be fair heaths were so amazing hard (laughs) boots to feel then a few years later you find out the studio is not putting you in a joker film they're putting joaquin in and then his joker comes out and now you're left with jack nicholson as a joker Heath ledger as a joker joaquin as a joker and you yeah. That's brutal. Some giant tough pills to swallow there. That to me is trying to push the weird long Jesus locks for 20 years in Hollywood. That's payback for having a terrible haircut for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks for listening in, folks. Uh, we'll be back sooner than you think, as always. Um, as any parting words you want to give to our faithful listeners? No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing. As always, you can find us on all major Spotify, podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts. Anyone that's flogging podcasts, our software will push our episodes out there so you can find us there. Don't forget to head to thesidelines.space to check out our website where soon you'll find blogs uh, and articles relating mostly to sports and pop culture written by ourselves and part of the broader Sidelines community. Don't forget to find us on social media too because where we'll post more than just our opinions as well as random memes and other such nonsense. Thanks. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 